Palmer Bear on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmer Bear. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. As we come back here on the overnight crowd, it is time to turn our attention to some of the AFL news across not only the weekend, but of course, the Tuesday we had the tribunal. We've got plenty more discussions on the coaches. We've got heaps. There's retirements. But instead of going through all of that, let's bring in Jasper Chelifar from the Inner Sanctum to help us go through all of that. Jasper, how are you tonight? Yeah, good, Jen. I hope you're well as well. Yeah, I'm going really well, thanks. It's uh, been another big... I suppose, news cycle in, in AFL. Um, <laughs> let's start with the retirements. I, I don't know whether I feel like there's a lot this year or I'm just more connected to it, so I am feeling like there's a lot. But Shane Edwards and, and Robbie Gray making their announcements across Tuesday. And two um, absolute stalwarts of their clubs, one club players, um, and they've just been fantastic to watch over the last 15 or so years. Um, the, it's it's pretty remarkable to think about how long they've been playing for as well. They're very similar, um, born in the same year. They've played pretty similar amounts of games as well. Um, they've just been fantastic for Port Adelaide and, and Richmond, respectively, Jen. And they had uh, nice sort of moments. I actually like Shane Edwards. I've got the use the audio grab a little bit where he's quite funny. He points out Kane Lambert and says, you know, you, you raised the bar to <laughs> why I had to go away and re- rewrite my speech. <laughs> Yeah, exactly right. Lambert's retirement was very emotional, his speech to the boys. that um, It's fantastic to see that inner sanctum kind of view from the clubs that they always put out with um, debuts and, and retirements as well. So it, it's a sad point in the year, um, but it's also really nice to, to get that access and, and see your favourite players actually bid goodbye to the, to the footy club in an official capacity. I'm interested to get your talks, Jen. We've got Shane Edwards, who is a three time premiership player as a pure midfielder with the likes of Prestia and Cochin and, and Dustin Martin. He was, you know, an integral player, um, Shedder was for those Richmond flags. And then you've got Robbie Gray who hasn't won a premiership. He's probably the showdown goat. I think he's got about five of those medals. Um, he's got some remarkable moments like the, the Paddy Ryder tap over the head for his game winner against St Kilda. And then the Carlton one after the siren as well. So two absolute highlights of the 2010s. I'm interested to see whose career would you take if you were a player out of those two? I think the flags might pull it in mm-hmm. Edwards' direction, but I think Robbie Gray was probably the better player um, as proven by the best and fairest in the AFL-CA award as well. Yeah, it's a really tough one, and it actually shows, it highlights entirely how much premierships, you know, m- make you think back to your success yep. as a player or as a club, even though... Only one side can take that out every year. So how do you rate your season as a success if you're not the side that wins? And for Robbie Gray, unfortunately, the premiership eludes him. But how can you not say he's not been anything but a legacy player? I guess for Port Adelaide, um, obviously their, their, their sample history is long as well. But Robbie Gray, would he be within, you know, their team of the century or their team of the last decade, two decades sort of thing And, and versus Edwards? Where would he sit? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think probably both of them are um, fairly comfortably. I think Ken Hinckley named Robbie Gray the the greatest Port Adelaide player of the AFL era, um, which is a a huge statement when you've got the likes of Travis Boak and Warren Treadray, um, uh, just some absolute, you know, superstars of the game that have come through that footy club. But 
Robbie Cray, it's pretty hard to argue that he isn't the, the greatest Port Adelaide power player of all time. And then Shane Edwards, I think, has to be in their team of the of the 21st century. He's been um, just a sensational player um, for, for Richmond through, a, through an era that they won't forget for a, for a long time, probably the most successful era um, in, in Richmond's uh, history. Yeah, so hard to split them, both successful. But then, yeah, as you say, premierships-wise, it just it tips it in that direction. And I guess overnight crowders on, on the text line 0433 98 11 16. Maybe share your favourite moments from, from both Robbie Gray and Shane Edwards' career as well across the night. be great to hear from you. Uh, moving on from the retirements, Jasper, the coaching stories continue to dominate um, Clarko, the name you know that most people want to know. What's your decision? I'm at that point now where I'm almost laugh. It's almost kind of laughable. I just want a decision now, and I, I almost feel for um, you know say Rutten. I'm like he needs some honesty. Like if he's not going to be there, let him know yeah. he's going to be there. I just actually starting to feel for him. Yeah, I, I feel heavily for Ben Rutten right now. He's in a precarious position where he has no clear um, pathway to knowing about his future and. He probably feels like um, a bridesmaid at this point. Um, when you compare him to David Noble, who you know got sacked, obviously, from North this year, uh, about the same time they've had in full control of their teams, but it's a drastically different record for a pretty similar age demographic of, of their sides. Essendon this year is the third youngest list in the, um, in the competition behind North Melbourne and, and Adelaide. And you look at their actual profiles, and Dustin Heppel's the only 30-plus-year-old in this team that, that's getting games, the next oldest, the 28-year-old, you know, and Dylan Shield, James Stewart, Andrew Phillips. So I think Essendon heavily overrated their list this year, had huge expectations that they didn't perform to. Um, and unfortunately, Ben Rutten's paying the price for that right now. Isn't he what? So what do you think, What, or, or even just where do you think the right fit should be, regardless of whether it happens or not? Should Clarko go Essendon or to North Melbourne? Well, Clarko's the best coach of the modern era. He's spent the year off honing that craft. So he actually looks like he's fully dedicated to a long-term gig somewhere in Melbourne at one of the AFL Melbourne um, clubs. I think North needs Clarko more than Essendon when you take that into account. They, they currently don't have a coach. They have no vision established. Players seem pretty disenfranchised right now at North Melbourne. I think you look at Jason Horn francis um, You look at Cam Zerhurst, who's still unsigned. I think they really need some stabilisation at the top and Clarko coming in with an assistant or two, bringing in his methods um, and his game plan, I think will be really important for that club going forward. And, you know, you look at Essendon right now, they still have uh, Ben Rutten and some really high assistant coaches, highly regarded in Blake Carousella and Daniel Jan Saracusa, who, you know, that that's a really good coaching trio, you would have said, a year ago when they made finals. So I don't think anything drastically has happened in the last year for that to completely change but when you have the best coach in the modern era available, um, I understand why they're asking the question right now. And if they don't get Clarkson, do they turn around and keep the status quo or does it change regardless? Well, it's a difficult question to answer because yes, right. right now Ben Rudden would probably feel like he, he shouldn't be back there next year. Why would you want to be back there when they're treating you this way? I think um, it's, it's pretty unethical of, of the football club to be keeping him in his position, leaving him in the dark while they supposedly chase Alistair Clarkson this hard on a headhunt, as it's been called by certain sections of the media. 
Um, I think in the end, if they don't get Alistair Clarkson, the best move for the Essendon Football Club is to keep Ben Rutten and his highly regarded assistance. But I'm not sure that it's going to play out that way if they don't get Clarko. Well, we will wait and see. Last night across the overnight crowd, the preference was for Clarko to end up at North Melbourne over Essendon. So a bit similar to, to your thinking as well. Now, moving ahead to a bit of, actually, the last bit of news across Tuesday, the tribunal. Are we happy that mm. it seems like common sense prevailed? Yeah, so Zan Cordy got off. Um, that's a really important decision, I think, here for, for the tribunal. It, it went in that case with no grading from the MRO. It's potentially a difficult one to, to look at um, if you're Michael Christian, but I think with the facts laid out um, in that tribunal, you know, he's within five metres of the ball where you're allowed to bump. It was shoulder-to-shoulder contact with Brune, and I think it was probably the whiplash that um, actually concussed Tanner Brune. So that was a really important decision to get right, and they did, so Cordy gets off. I think it should have just been graded um, as no incident, nothing to see here from the NRO initially, but I'm glad they at least arrived at the right decision this time. Yeah, it seems like it. it was where we all thought it should end up, which is good this week con- compared to the confusion that we had across last week, of course. <laughs> oh, it's, been, it's been complicated. Actually, following on from that then, that leads perfectly into speaking a bit about Carlton. Do or die clash this weekend. Are you okay to talk about it? <laughs> well, I'm going to be there, so I better be, able to, uh, better be on top of everything that needs to happen for them to make finals. And it's pretty simple there, so we just need to win. They forget about everything else for them. Um, the Dogs win and the Blues lose. The, the Doggies will be in there. But Carlton just do not need to worry about what the Western Bulldogs and Hawthorne are doing, which will, that game will start about an hour and a half before um, their game or maybe two hours before their game. So the result will be known probably at around half time. But all Carlton needs to focus on is winning this game because then they could potentially go into a final series against a, a team like Brisbane or maybe even Melbourne at the MCG. And they all would like their chances if they actually get a win over Collingwood, who's currently a top four site. So, you know, even past just making it, scraping it into finals, they need a win for confidence. They can't go into finals um, off the back of four losses in a row if the Dogs do lose and they lose. It's just they're going to get wiped out so easily by a, by a team that's actually in form. So um, this is going to be one of the great home and away season games at the MCG. Probably expect ninety two to 95,000 people at the MCG on Sunday afternoon. I absolutely cannot wait. And Charlie Kerno, surely it's the, the miracle massive haul for Hawkins isn't going to occur and Kerno, we can salute and say Coleman medalist. Yeah, well, Tom Lynch might be the the bigger danger right now. You look at <laughs> you look at what he did on the weekend against Hawthorne, and then who he's coming up against in Essendon, who is in absolute disarray right now. And you wouldn't put it past him to kick ten Good right point. now at the MCG. So yeah, Charlie could potentially be looking over his shoulder, but I think um, he's not going to be too focused on that when when it comes to Sunday. And he's got a pretty insurmountable lead, in my opinion. I think he'll kick at least a couple on Sunday afternoon to. Um, help his side and then he should claim a Coleman which is absolutely remarkable for him when you consider he's only played four or five games in the last two years and they just came at the end of the 2021 season he's effectively missed two years of footy with you know some serious injuries um, it has been remarkable to see him come back and dominate like he has next to a reigning Coleman medalist as well. So Bontempelli is the other story that potentially going to miss this clash is that enough to, to hurt the doggies or would they still have enough firepower to get the win? I think the bigger concern right now for the Dogs is Bontempelli does not look 100% at all. So even if he does miss and they make it through to the finals, I don't think they can make any damage 
um, in the in the top eight in in September without him playing at his best. He's he's so far and away their most important player. He's a he's an absolute game winner. Like we know, over the last few years, he's he's just been everything the dogs have needed from him. Um, so hopefully he just gets back to his best if they do make it to the to September. Um, you look at the opposition and it's Hawthorne and they've sent about 10 of their best players into surgery already to to look forward to 2022. So I expect the dogs to be able to get the job done regardless. And what are you making of Friday nights, the opening fixture, round 23, Brisbane, Melbourne up at the Gabba. Yeah, this should be another absolute corker. How do you think this one will go? Yeah, so the winner of this one gets the double chance into the top four and the loser is most likely having an elimination Final this Friday night clash is going to be unbelievable, Jen, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what the Lions can dish up on their home turf. The, the D's have, have got the better of them in the past, but um, I fully expect the Lions to come out roaring here, and I really want them to put, to really take it up to to the reigning premiers here. They looked really vulnerable against Carlton, who were who, you know off the back of some really poor form. Um, so I actually think the Lions could potentially win this one and set themselves up for a, another preliminary final if they win in the first week of um, September. So we've just been speaking with Jasper Chelopper from The Inner Sanctum. You can check out their work on theinnersanctum.com.au. Speaking of your website, Jasper, anything in particular that you'd like to get people to get their eyes on? Well, huge AFLW season coming up soon. Jen, I know you'll be looking forward to that one with Frio, looking to make another mount for um, the premiership in that one. I, I think this is going to be one of the best seasons we've ever seen. I'm really looking forward to my Don's in their inaugural year, as well as Port Adelaide, Hawthorne, Sydney. I think it's going to be absolutely fantastic. Um, so all the content that you'll need for the AFLW season will be there, as well as the AFL finals. Um, we're really mounting up to a huge couple of months in um, in the footy world with both codes um, in full flight. Brilliant. So that is theinnersanctum.com.au. And Jasper, as always, great to have you on the overnight crowd and look forward to talking to you next week where maybe we can go across some of the All-Australian news and those sorts of things. Yeah, always a pleasure, Jen. Hope you're well. Absolutely. Thanks to Jasper Chelopar for joining us, as he does do here on The Overnight Crowd. Your thoughts across the different things we've raised in this chat, 0433 98 11 16. Let me know and let's continue the conversation. Talk soon. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.